inside these strange repeating loops. Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. But this is the moment for you to show us what is real. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Paradigm with me, Paul. Today, it's a special show for me. I've got a special guest with me all the way from the United States of America. We have John Kerwin. John has served in full and part-time ministry as a worship leader and pastor for over 30 years. And he's the founder of Wake Up Or Else Private Ministerial Association, which is an online Christian fellowship for the truth of community. He's close to 5,000 subscribers and over 100,000 hours of views on YouTube. Wake Up Or Else has been providing an insight into the truther's journey since 2017. John is a published author and he has wrote The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. It is a guidebook for persecuted Christians. Welcome to the show, John. Welcome. Thank you, Paul. We're finally made it, right? <laughs> yeah, we've finally made it. Yeah. Just for all you people at home, me and John actually had this interview scheduled for last week. However, um, three hours before we was due to have the meeting, my internet went off completely and we had to get an engineer out. So they didn't, it didn't actually come on until the day after. So, and not only that, a few hours before this interview, John um, advised me that his power had gone off in his yep. apartment. So obviously somebody didn't want us to get together, but we're here now. So thanks for joining me, John. Um, and we've eventually got to this point. So it's wonderful to have you on the show. Um, I just wanted to start off, really, by asking you, just briefly, could you give us your sort of conversion experience, as obviously I'm a Christian and so are you, and I'm, I'm always interested to hear a fellow Christian's conversion experience. Sure. Uh, I was 23 years old. I was the son of uh, two parents that were alcoholics. I come from a background of, uh, you know, the very dysfunctional childhood. And I was searching uh, at the point I was 23. <clears throat> I started smoking when I was four. So by the time I was 12, I had quit smoking twice. I'd already lived three lives by the time I was 23. And so Jesus tapped me on the shoulder one day. I had a network marketing business and I hit some success and I got real giddy about it. And the, the sublime idea hit my head that I would go to church and acknowledge God in my life to celebrate my financial success. Well, of course, we know Jesus said, uh, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So that was the angel of the Lord just whispering yeah. in my ear, right? Mm -hmm. Because the next day, I had a client that wanted to buy my vitamins, right? And it was an evangelist who owned a flower shop, Joanne Primamore. <laughs> Thank you, God, for Joanne Primamore. <laughs> she witnessed to me and I was just stunned. I had never heard the gospel as an, a, you know, American in, in a young man in America. Went to church, was Episcopalian church, you know, it was just dead and dry. And, you know, here I was in the world, chasing women, chasing the dream, being a rock. I wanted to be a rock star. Wow. So we go to this church and I'm in the front, I'm in the second row. And it was a guy named Pastor Green. I'll never forget it. He preached out of Romans 6. And I remember turning to the lady, I said, why did you tell him about me? And she said, I didn't tell him about you. <laughs> so we don't read the word, the word reads us. That's right. Yeah. And boy, did he read my mail. And so at the end, now you can say whatever you want about the sinner's prayer. It's not in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Well, he said, if you, if you aren't absolutely sure if you died today, you go to heaven, you can come up and receive the eternal life. And I remember saying, Paul, in my heart, I remember saying, well, if I died today, I'm absolutely sure I wouldn't go to heaven. Yeah. And so there was a bunch of people on both sides of me. I literally jumped over the pew and I said, the, you know, I just mouthed the words. God, forgive me. Uh, you know, please, Jesus, come into my life. I mean, the thief on the cross just destroys all of our doctrine. That's right. Yeah, Think absolutely. I mean, yeah. The thief on the cross didn't know anything, man. And he looked, he perceived glory on Jesus. 
He knew that this man didn't belong there. And he had the, the, the common sense to say, hey, remember me when you go into your kingdom. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as long as your heart is going out to God, you could say fiddlesticks and you'd go to heaven. Right. So I, I say the prayer and the next day, you know, nothing really happened. In fact, I remember saying to the guy, I said, I said, let me get this straight. If I died on the way down here, I would have gone to hell. And if I die now on the way home, I'd go to heaven. He said, yep. Just like that. Real gruff. Like, yep, that's right. I was like, cool. So I went back the next day. I went, my friends were in the basement. Tom Daglish, Rob Paul, they passed me the joint. I looked at it. And this is what I said. You know what? You can't get higher than the most high. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Wonderful. And then they said a swear word and it shocked me. And I yeah. had a mouth like a longshoreman and boom, it was at that moment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. I was born again. Wonderful. Wonderful, John. Wow. 40 years ago. I think that was uh, the first year I went to the cinema and I watched E.T. <laughs> wow, that's way back. <laughs> yeah, so. So that's me, and I've been walking with Jesus ever since. Wonderful. And I uh, was in the ministry for 10 years with Dave Wilkerson in New York, and I've been in lay ministry for about 20 years, you know, in different wow. churches. But on the platform, in the ministry, for about 30 years. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so in terms of the truther journey, what initially sort of caused you to question like the official narrative? When, when did you first realize that not everything was as it seemed? Yep. 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 It was, uh, it was about 2017. I was a day trader and I was in the financial world. So I, I came across the fact that uh, the Federal Reserve wasn't federal. And it's really bizarre. When you look back at it, it's sort of embarrassing. But, you know, I, I, I saw that the they had this building in Washington. It's like this big white building. And uh, I found out that it was actually a private bank, a oligarch, bunch of oligarchs, international bankers on this. It, it was mm -hmm. a corporation in Puerto Rico. And I and I remember thinking, well, they're obviously trying to trick us, you know, like, now it seems so ridiculous, but that's where you start. And so this is actually the genesis of becoming a truther. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is you, it's like God taps you on the shoulder and he says, Hey, did you notice that that's fake? Mm -hmm. It might be the, the lunar lander looks like it's made of curtain rods and, and cardboard, or, you know, you might notice one day the, the ISS guys are on wires or, you know, it's some some one of these big things jumps out at you. And what you do now, I've, I said this and I've heard. Oh, I don't know, a hundred people have told me they said the same thing. They go like they realize that there is a systemic lie, a big one being yeah. told to like all of humanity. Mm -hmm. And then and then so you go like this. Well, if that's not true, what else isn't true? Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. at that moment that you cross over from a normie or an unconvinced to a truther because the, the, the epicenter, the quintessential characteristic of a truther is they have begun to question officialdom. Yeah, that absolutely. Is the key. That's yeah. the key. You mentioned the Federal Reserve. Just, just for those of my audience that aren't based in the United States, because I have quite a considerable portion out of the United States. Could you just explain briefly for us that don't fully understand what the Federal Reserve is, what it actually is? Right. Well, they they have the charter to basically, it was created at Jekyll Island, and they came to the, uh, the bankers came to the politicians and said, look, you've got a problem. You want to make promises and get reelected. But in order to fulfill the promises, you have to raise taxes and then you get unelected. So what we'll do is we'll give you the money. Mm -hmm. We'll loan it to you at interest. Then you don't have to raise their taxes. That was essentially their pitch. Okay. And the guys were like, sweet. So they, so they, <laughs> they pushed this thing through on Christmas Eve at 12 o'clock at night. It's a total scam. It's totally illegal. It's all fake. Yeah. And so that, so instead of the treasury printing the money, which is what we should be doing, according to the constitution, mm. we borrow the money at interest. So a trillion dollars a year is going out the back door. Um, and so it's, it's just basically um, a system for 
the Babylonian debt slavery system imposed upon us. Okay. Um, so you've wrote the book, Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. What was your motivation initially to, to write the book? And, and in your own words, could you give us like a brief summary of the book? Uh, sure, of course. So the motivation was last year, um, well, going back six or seven years ago, I started making videos because these discoveries are very disruptive. I'm sure your listeners could uh, relate to this. When, yeah. you, when you start seeing the Matrix, like yeah. in the Truman Show, mm. you wake up to the fact that your fiance is an actress and you live on a TV studio. That's very disruptive. Absolutely, yeah. Right. If you've ever seen that movie with Jim Carrey, True, the Truman Show. It, he's a he's a guy that's in in a like a what do you call that? It's like a show. He doesn't know it though. Yeah, I, whole... yeah. I've not seen it, but I'm aware of it. I've seen like The Matrix, but I'm aware of the the. Okay. I've not actually seen it, but I know it's like a basically a film. His life's a film. Yeah. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know, but then yeah. he starts to notice things. Yeah. And, and then finally, he walks into this office building and he sees the door or the walls in the back of the elevator are not shut yet. And he sees all the actors behind the wall and they start rushing to close the walls and they have to usher him out. Well, imagine if after seeing that, yeah. that Truman went back to his job the next day. See, yeah. if, if you're listening to my voice and you have come out publicly with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, with your church, and you started to voice the fact that you're questioning officialdom, and it could be any number of different things, then you are ruined for life as usual. You, What I started telling my wife is I, I got off the bus. I can't do life like we've been doing it because I found out we live in a, in a in a fake construct and, and what the, the the real urgency comes in the fact that what you realize is the people that are, are in control are not good people yeah the, the construct is inherently evil and wants you dead so what happens is you kind of shift from being on a cruise liner to being on a battleship you step into a war footing mm -hmm. and that creates a real big uh shift in, our, in our priorities and ideals between, you know, lifelong friends or spouses or children or anybody. And it's yeah. really difficult to manage. So that was the impetus of the book. And I, I took six months off and lived off of savings. And, and basically, I had done one talk a week all of last year. I did, I did 52 talks. They were three hours long. I came to each Sunday night at seven with 20 pages of notes. I took a lot of that content and I boiled it into the book. And it's, it's basically, I don't know, it's a self-help guide for tr Christian truthers. It's called a guidebook for persecuted truthers. Yeah. So like when you become born again, your unsaved friends don't understand what happened to you and That's they fine. become distant. Mm -hmm. But then if, but then once you become a truther, the same thing happens. Hmm. You're yeah. in another world, you know, if, if somebody's a believer even, or That's they right. just are a normie, they can't relate to you. And it becomes very difficult to maintain the relationship as it has been. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> at, at my church, I've had people, well, one guy in particular say to me, oh, be careful with the uh, conspiracy theorists. They won't like that in here. And oh, I just yeah. said, and I just said to him, well, I don't care. Not yeah. not being rude, but I don't care because right. these are these people who won't like these things are people that ran out getting their arm out to get the jab during COVID, even after our pastor had told us regarding how the uh, the jab was tested using the obviously the cell lines that had been taken from aborted fetuses, even though these children maybe were executed back in the 80s when they were aborted, but this, the cell lines are still linked to them children. They, they even knew all that and still went out and had the COVID injection. Yeah, they did. So so, so these aren't people that I'm going to be bothered about saying to me, oh, don't, don't be going down that road, Paul. But like you said, once you've seen, you can't unsee. No, you can't. 
<laughs> still going can't... back. <laughs> no, you, there is no going back. Absolutely right. Um, I was reading in your book a really interesting part that I want to talk to you about. You wrote this. One of the bewitchments that is cast over most of humanity begins at birth. All of us have been unknowingly subjected to this Luciferian ritual and it binds our souls to this invisible control matrix. Could you sort of elaborate on that? I just found that really interesting. Sure. Yeah, this is a, a, a section that I talk about, and uh, it has to do with the conspiracy of the governmental agencies. Now, it's not vastly different in the UK because there's three city-states. There's yeah. Washington, which is military. Then there's London. City of London is not London. No, it is a right. London city of London is a city state, and then there's and that's the financial one, mm -hmm. and then there's the Vatican, which is the religious city state. Each yeah. one has its own, you know, it's it's a foreign country unto itself. Here it's the 10 square mile district of District of Columbia. So what I'm talking about there is is the uh, legal education movement. So for instance, I here in the US have repudiated my 14th Amendment. U.S. status as, an, as a 14th Amendment citizen, because the United States government, there's two of everything. There's the United States of America, upper and lowercase, which is the Republic United States. Then there's the corporate United States, which is two words, United States, all caps. Wow. And they are not the same. Okay. Okay. And this goes for everything. There's the IRS and the Internal Revenue Service. They're not the same. There's the United States Post Office and there's the U.S. Postal Service. They're not the same. Then there's me. There's John Kerwin, the all caps corporate fiction, the all caps charging utility mm -hmm. that is created through fraud at birth. They steal my name and they use my future earning potential and tax paying as surety for a loan that they take out. This is every U.S. person. I don't know how it works in the U.K. I think but, I've heard something similar um, the other day, actually, on TikTok, yes. where someone said, I think it's equivalent that everyone's like got £2 million. Oh, it's, and, and, it's... And, and in a state the size of, I don't know if we have a rugby union st uh, stadium called Twickenham, and I think they said it's like the size of two of those stadiums put together what really should be your land. But yes. We don't know about it. Yes, it's it's... It's a phenomenal conspiracy. And yes, there is a SESTA QV trust. Yeah. Um, that each, per, this is how it's created. You're, you're, uh, this alone is taken out for a million dollars at birth, and then it's invested over your entire life at an average return of 42% annually. They're very good at what they do. Mine is probably worth $500 million. And I work with people that are accessing it. I'm planning to do it as well. All right. Okay, but then there's there's two of me. So there's then there's John Kerwin upper and lowercase, which is the living man that is that is extricating himself from this fraud and the contracts that they've tricked us into where they enslave us. So as of this year, I am now through a series of documents and filings, I am now a legal non-taxpayer. Hmm. Because tax the tax scheme is is a complete fraud and it is optional but you if you can't just stop paying because then you are a tax cheat I'll, yeah. I'll, t I'll tell you exactly how to understand this very quickly if you go to the supermarket as a customer and the manager comes up to you and says paul i need you to go sweep the floor in the back room pick up those boxes and put them on the loading dock you're there to buy bananas you're a customer and you look at this guy and you say Ex you're like looking behind you right you're like excuse me why? Because he doesn't have jurisdiction over you. Now, mm. if two weeks prior, you had come in and filled out a, a, a job application and you're accepted, now you've agreed to comply with the laws and the policies of this supermarket. Now, when the manager comes over to you, he does have jurisdiction. You agreed to let him boss you around. Yeah. In exchange for payment. Now, mm -hmm. what they've done is they've tricked, they've incorporated all the governments are not actual republic governments they're actually all privately held corporations mm 
Okay, for instance, in my town, from the county, from the state, the county, the city, then all of the uh, organizations, the, the uh, court system, the police department, all from the DA all the way down to the dog catcher, each one has its own Dun and Bradstreet number. They are all privately held for-profit businesses. So now, let's say I get a moving violation, uh, improper lane change, because I didn't use my blinker, and I fight it, I go into the court. That judge is an employee of a privately held for-profit business, which I am not an employee of. Right. So what jurisdiction does he have over me to tell me anything? None. 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 Okay, because he's not God. He's not my daddy. I'm not his property, and I don't have a contract with him. Hmm. So we're, 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 we're removing ourselves. We've discovered the fraud, and we're removing ourselves. Okay, so in answer to your question, this matrix has a natural component to it. Okay, all of this very complex fraud that we get drawn into unknowingly. But there's also a metaphysical component to it that yeah. is, um, is one, of the, one of the rituals, okay, is when we're born, they take a footprint of the baby from the soul of the baby, and they capture the soul of that person hmm. through this satanic ritual. Oh, yeah, it goes back to the Tibetan Book of the Dead and, and, and the Egyptians, and that's what that ritual is for. It's not a biometric thing. They're not no. taking the baby's footprint to capture their biometrics. No. No. This is Luciferian rituals to enslave us, and humanity's waking up, praise God. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I'm starting to see more of it. Like, we've obviously, you know, we've got more and more YouTube channels springing up and TikTok, and you've got Spotify and whatever. You know, you, you are starting to hear a lot more about these types of things, which is obviously good because we need to get the truth out there. It's just that simple. Um, and obviously people are totally unaware and we know that Satan likes ignorance and the veil is uh, pulled over their eyes and people like us are crazy, of course. Oh, no doubt. Hey, just so I can mention, Paul, on uh, my uh, my website's wakeuporelse.com. You can go there. I do a training on all of this American state national stuff every Monday night at 8 p.m. East, uh, Eastern, mm -hmm. uh, it's free training, and you can find out how to log into that uh, through freeconferencecall.com on my website. Okay, yeah, I'll put all the links for these things okay, in yeah. the description, yeah. Uh, like I said, I've got people over there in the United States who will probably be interested in that. Just moving on to another part, again, reading your book again. I like this part as well. Huh. You wrote this, a fake world purposely designed to make you think it was real, a crafted reality by some group of unknown evildoers, masters of illusion with seemingly unlimited resources. It is the secret societies that control everything from the shadows. As you get closer to the centre of this spider web, you have uber-rich Luciferians receiving detailed communications from the underworld and then executing these dark agendas on humanity. Most disturbing is the vast number of things that have been hidden and erased from history or altered to reflect a godless world. You, you mentioned this, the receiving of detailed communications from the underworld. So these uber-rich Luciferians obviously we don't know many of them, but we're talking here, aren't we? Like they're in sort of direct communication with the forces of darkness. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, from all of our research and whistleblowers, of course, the writings of the, of the uh, different civilizations all the way back to the Sumerians, 
um, Vatican archives, different, you know, biblical insight, and and then researchers, we we have a pretty good idea of the echelons of different uh, power structures that go, you know, above the the politicians are just puppets. Yeah, they're controlled through special interest groups that the corporations fund. So you got the corporations really running. So it's a it's fascism. Fascism is government and corporations combining forces, right? Yeah. And then above that, you have the IMF, then the central banks, then the Bank of International Settlements, then the Bilderberg Group. Then above that is the United Nations, something called the Chatham House, the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Above that is the Freemason lodges and secret societies. Then you have think tanks like Trilateral Commission and Council on Foreign Relations. Above that, you have the Vatican Crown, Washington, and the City of London, like we talked about. Yeah. Then, then at the very top of the food chain is something called the Committee of 300, then the Council of 13, the Crown Council of 13. And at the very top, as far as we can tell, something called the Pinyard. The Pinyard. So these people have ruled the world for thousands of years. And they're all inbred. They don't breed outside their own family. They're probably very dissimilar to human beings. They're not even human anymore. Okay. And it's so bizarre. It's beyond bizarre. Uh, because if you if you read the writings of every civilization, even the book of Genesis talks about a talking snake. Yeah, absolutely. Standing upright, right? Yeah, yeah. So this whole mm. reptilian thing has legs, okay? Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of validity to the idea that the uh, underworld has actual physical emissaries. Okay, so in other words, the fallen angels are physical beings, and they're some are entrapped, maybe in Antarctic, they're like imprisoned there, but others are free. Uh, the alien deception is obviously the uh, the fallen angels have these emissaries, like the greys that we think are just clones that they use to interact in this realm, because yeah. they are they are you know the spirits of the power of the air. So we don't really understand where they are, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're sort of running everything, and they can they they are interacting and controlling humanity from behind the scenes through these 13 families. There's yeah. no question about it. And they're way more spiritual and religious than most Christians. These people oh, I can are imagine. Yeah. deeply religious, okay? They just they think Satan is the guy and 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 God is just a big meanie. And mm. Satan got a raw deal, and they think he's going to flip it. Yeah, I think yeah, they must they must believe it. I've been thinking about this a lot, and these guys must actually believe they're on the winning side. They sure do. But there's a scripture in Isaiah, I think it's 14, and it's them. It's talking about the elites when when the time finally comes, and here comes Satan, mm. and they're going to say this: Is this the man that caused nations to tremble? Yeah. I always thought that was us saying that, but it's actually, if you read it, it's actually the rulers, the mm. dark, the dark rulers are going to, that's when they realized they were fooled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I think I said it, I can't remember which episode, but I basically said that these guys, you know, they think they're going to get eternal life from this. They're going to get, well, it's like when they took our Lord, uh, in the wilderness and he said all these kingdoms i'll give you if you yeah. fall down and worship me he's promised them all that just like whatever he promised to judas but in the end when he's done with them just discards them yeah and that's not what they were obviously they're not aware of this Yeah, so I was saying about the, the reptilians, John, and you were saying it's probably not as far-fetched as what people think. And I remember, obviously, David Icke over here in the UK. He was laughed off television um, many years ago, but he talks about 
um, sort of reptilians. He, he mentions, he, he says that the royal family are reptilians and things like that. I mean, I don't know about that, but he does say that. And obviously in the Garden of Eden, when it says that the serpent talks about the serpent, we know that it wasn't like a snake slivering in what we would consider a snake, but some sort of walking reptilian type being. I mean, what are we talking here? Like, whenever I listen to things, you know, we, we talk about we've got fictional books. They're always based, a lot of them, on, on factual things, okay? Yeah. So, you know, people aren't just plucking these things out of the air when they talk about reptilians and leaders of the world being reptilians. It, what What's the basis for that, John? The basis for the the fact that there may be some credibility to the yeah. idea that there's yeah. a race of uh, reptilian, uh, you know, beings running the world from, you know, behind the scenes. Is that kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because that's David Icke's thing. All right, so first of all, I want to speak to the Christian, okay? Because as truthers, unless you have a relative that is high up in, in the power structure. You don't really know what's going on. None of us really know, right? And so the only thing that we can do is we can find journalists like you, Paul, or myself, who seem legitimate and honest and don't seem to have an agenda, right? So we're not working for a corporation that, that limits what we can say. We're free to say whatever we want. Yeah. So that if you find enough of those and you can sort of triangulate Right. So they're all saying the same thing over hmm. a long period of time. They have a track record. That's about the best we can do to formulate our worldview. Yeah. Now, having said that, my worldview is a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. So when I got saved back in 83, I made a decision. I remember saying this to myself. I said, if I read something in the Bible and it's different than what I have believed all my life up to that point, I'm going to reject what I have believed and I'm going to believe the Bible. Yeah. I am a Bible believer. Hmm. Now, that means that when I go out to the truth or world, there's going to be a lot of sources of information that are coming from people that don't have a biblical worldview, like mm -hmm. David Icke. Yeah. Okay, David, I claim to be Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah. He has a lot of, you know, belief systems and worldviews that I disagree with. But, yeah. but uh, what I found is that Christians tend to be very naive and, you know, they won't accept anything that anybody has to say unless they have a, a, a very strict, all of their ducks, doctrinal ducks. Well, I don't have that luxury, okay? <laughs> because I don't have enough people that have the exact same biblical theology that I have that are also like um, the sons of uh, not Asaph, Ephraim. They, they oh, I can never remember these guys' name. They're in the Old Testament and they knew about geopolitical stuff at that time. Yeah. Right. So I like, this is my example. If the devil himself told you the sky is blue would you not believe him because he's the devil? It's the father of lies, but we shouldn't believe him. Well, but, mm -hmm. but the sky is blue. You follow That's me? right. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely, yeah. So, so people will say, well, you can't believe everything you see on the internet, Paul. Mm -hmm. Well, does that mean I can't believe anything? Is there no... What if I go to Blue Letter Bible and I read the King James Bible on, on the internet? Does that mean it's not true? Mm. I know, so this, yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. There's this kind of a superficial, uh, it's like a connoisseur, debutant type of, uh, of, uh, of an attitude that limits you to being able to find out what's going on. Yeah. And, and the church has also inculcated this snobbery of only accepting, you know, the Bible, scriptos, solo scriptura, okay? Mm -hmm. is you only live according to the Bible, which is me, okay? I'm scriptos, solo scriptura. Yeah. If it doesn't line up with scripture, I don't accept it. But the Bible is very cryptic. It's very limited. 
I mean, we only get one little paragraph in Genesis chapter six about the fallen angels. That's it. Yeah. 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 Right. So God has not given us all the, all the info on, you know, all this stuff. So it's very difficult to really have a, a certainty about anything. However, this reptilian thing is in every civilization, all the way back to the Sumerians. Uh, every single civilization has dragons in the, in the, in mm. the Orient. Yeah. Uh, reptilians, all of them have historical folklore that these reptilian dudes ruled and they were mean and they ate people and they were very powerful and supernatural. So are all these civilizations and writings just making that up? I, I can't believe that. No, I, I, I th- I've said it to people in the, about the giants as well, how ubiquitous it is regarding stories of giants on Earth. And it can't just be made up from nothing. And I no. tell people it's memories. So so it looks like it's the same thing with the reptilian situation where it's uh-huh. memories from an ancient world. Yeah. And, and every Christian will tell you the devil's greatest lie is that he doesn't exist, right? Absolutely. Well, this is the same thing. They're, they they prosper when they can operate in in secret until the un- unveiling, which is now happening. I mean, the, the veil is coming off, in case yeah. you haven't noticed. De- definitely. <laughs> it's, it's raining red pills. I mean, right now, we're watching alien disclosure, bro, right now. Yeah. Uh, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Now, that, when you- that, that, Sorry, go on, John. I was going to say, when you see something in the mainstream media, there's always four or five levels of truth behind it. Mm. So you you can never really know what's going on, right? However, here's what you can know regarding the alien disclosure. All of our lives, we've been told there's no aliens. It's a weather balloon. It's baloney. It's a conspiracy theory. Only kooks believe that. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. They're parading these very official dudes out in Senate hearings, and they're saying, yes, we're in possession of, of uh, biologicals. And the senator said, do you mean human remains? And he said, no. Hmm. And they also use the term off-world technology. So I'm sorry, but they are absolutely announcing that there are aliens. And yeah. it's not just that. You're seeing this huge uptick in, in mainstream media reports of alien visits into the backyards of people in Philadelphia. And then recently uh, there was a uh, an attack on a village in Peru. Yeah. Timothy Alberino did a long uh, interview. And he was actually down there a lot. He knows that area. And these seven-foot reptilian uh, dudes with silver jumpsuits, they had little circles on the bottoms of their feet which glowed and allowed them to float. Wow. And they were called face rippers because they'd rip the faces off of people. And yeah. the, the villagers shot them. And this was all what Timothy Alberino says, look, you can believe what you want. But what I'm telling you is I know this area and I know all the main newscasters and they are actually talking about this like it's real and they are panicking. Yeah. So this is not kooky propaganda stuff. No. I mean, the I, I did a three part series on ufos um and i've said in that listen there's too many stories for for you to say that nothing's going on there absolutely is something going on i mean over in in the uk there was a i would probably say maybe a minute's worth of coverage of that congressional hearing that you had over there in the united states i watched it on youtube i didn't watch it live i think i watched it the day after in two parts because i think it lasted about two hours but like, for my listeners who don't know what's been going on in the United States, they had a UAP hearing, um, and whistleblowers with credibility who worked in the intelligence community out there and former um, naval pilots gave testimony under oath. They were under oath. They could go to prison if yep. they uh, tell lies, and it is claimed by these gentlemen. For all your uh, my listeners who aren't aware of this. I would imagine most of them will be, but that they basically have craft of non-human origin. And not only that, they have the pilots as well. Um, And you mentioned uh, John Timothy Alberino, and I do listen uh, to 
Timothy, and I've listened to him on the Blurry Creatures podcast as well. Yep. <laughs> um, he does often say that they are physical because often within the Christian circles, it's just, oh, they're just demons, they're just demons. Um, now, there is a link to the occult with regards to the UFO phenomena, which I've, that's clear. There seems to be, even with the abductees, a lot of them seem to be into the occult, let's say. But in your opinion, what are these entities? The, yeah. These, these, this, you know, this tic tac that's been seen, and and all these other phenomena that we've seen. In your opinion, what actually are they? All right. So there were these two guys. They weren't Christians, and they did a ten-year study. They came from universities. They did a ten-year funded peer-reviewed study on crop circles. Yeah. And their conclusion at the end was that they were caused by demons that were that were are aliens, but they're not aliens. They're they're interdimensional beings that mm -hmm. are liars. This is what they said. They yeah. said these these entities supposedly have come millions of light years to to um, dump on Jesus. Like their their whole narrative is Jesus isn't God. So yeah. why are these aliens so hopped up about Jesus isn't God? Well, it's because they're not aliens. That's right. They're not yeah. flying millions of light years. Okay, think about the lengths that the elite have gone to, to fool humanity into the NASA narrative. Mm. I mean, they built the swimming pool in the Florida, and they they have the you know the ISS stage where they pretend the ISS guys are on wires, and all that's fake. Well, that's a lot of work. And so this whole narrative has been crafted over hundreds of years now with, with all the movies. I mean, there's like a hundred movies. And the whole storyline of the movie is aliens came here and they seeded this planet and they did genetics things. And we're, that's really our fathers are these ETs. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? There's no God. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's I mean. It. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. But obviously people... No, well, I've had it said to me, actually, in an interview I, uh, that I did on one show, and they said to me that, well, if there's aliens, then that means there's no God. And I just said, well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. The hope in that, the hoping to find the alien, but it's not the end of God, because I say that he's created all things anyway. But, I mean... You mentioned interdimensionality, and I'm a, I'm in agreement with you there. That because they're not, in my opinion, from the research I've done, these aren't alien beings, little green men, whatever, coming from other planets, millions of light years away. I don't think that's a possibility, in terms of what we know about, you know, uh, the laws of physics and everything. What what? Okay, what we know maybe very limited as well but um what what do you think is is this going to be part of a great deception like i've heard that various sort of speculative ideas regarding this that the uaps are actually a physical thing there's actual high-tech craft and yeah. ufos are actually different and there's going to be sort of a faked invasion. Yes. What's your thoughts on that? I've heard that numerous times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like that's imminent because of this uh, disclosure that's taking place now. <clears throat> it's kind of been building up to a crescendo. And if you remember, after the Second World War, Project uh, Paperclip was mm. a project where they brought over hundreds of Nazi scientists and Werner von Braun, who was really into rockets as a kid. And then he, uh, you know, wanted to build rockets and he ended up getting funded. And, uh, um, he was recognized by the government. So they started funding him. And, and But in order to continue, he had to become a Nazi. So he joined the Nazi party in order to continue to get funded. And he was, was the rocket guy for Hitler. Right. Yeah. Well, when we, defeated them or whatever, uh, they brought him over here and they put him as the head of NASA. And what NASA, what, what Werner von Braun disclosed was that the, um, 
the end, the last card that'll be played, he said, is the alien deception. Hmm. So in the process of implementing this new world order, one world financial system. So again, in speculating all these things, I have, a, I have the luxury of not having to tell you what I think. Yeah. Okay. I'm basing my opinions on, on the scriptures. Mm -hmm. All right. And so what I know, I get a little peek under the hood of the inner workings of the underworld and the afterlife and the enemy that is called Satan. So I have some semblance of understanding of the op of what's happening. It's very limited, but it's more than somebody that's just trying to piece it all together. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we know Project Bluebeam is a real project, and that's mm -hmm. a that whole thing is, you know, designed to essentially fake an alien invasion mm. that will allow them to um, implement the Hegelian dialect, which is problem solution answer they create a problem then they offer the solution to the problem and it's like the patriot act they they blow up the world trade center and then two days later they have a four thousand page thing just ready to go yeah. no they had it ready to go years before that that's right yeah and it's the opposite of patriotism it's enslavement so imagine that on a, on a giant scale where where you have an i don't know how they do it but they're going to fake an alien invasion mm. and, the, and humanity is going to beg for the power structure to come and save them. And that's how they implement the final one world system, which is a one world religion, financial and political system. And we're, we're very, seems like we're very close to that. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. I mean, I, I've been contemplating this and like, it does make sense for them to, to fake this alien invasion because you've got to think when you look at the world and you think, well, what's going to bring a Catholic and a Protestant together and a yeah. Shia and a Sunni Muslim, you know, and a Jew right. and a Muslim, what's going to unite them? Well, a threat from outside of our own world. That's the only thing. And was, You're stealing Reagan's speech. Reagan had a speech where he said exactly what you just said. Yeah, yeah. I have I have heard the speech yeah. a number of years ago, so that must be it. Must be subconsciously still in there. Yeah. Why I'm thinking of that, but yeah, well, I mean, it it's, yeah, because obviously, like you said, we we've had a peek under the hood. Like you said, we know from the scriptures that there's going to be a great deception, yeah. um, to the point where if it was possible that even the elect could be deceived, but it says obviously we know that that's not possible, but only for the grace of God, obviously. Um, you, got, you, you mentioned, obviously, Operation Paperclip, and I've talked about that in a previous episode myself and the Nazi scientists and everything, and many of them, obviously, were used in uh, projects that NASA have undertaken. How fake are NASA? How, how fake is NASA? Yeah, how, how like, what level are we talking? Like, I... I don't believe that they've landed on the moon. I did uh, an episode on the moon landings. I know quite a lot of people who were like, they didn't land on the moon. Um, even even my wife was talking about it the other day because she, you know, oh, conspiracy theorist. And I said, well, actually, you're a conspiracy theorist because you don't believe the official narrative regarding the Apollo 11 mission. And she actually said to me, it's not that I don't believe them. I just know they haven't done it. And I was like, well, I, I agree with you. But like, to what extent, like, are NASA fake? I mean, is it like we shouldn't believe anything they're saying? Well, it's a broad subject. I, I can I can tell you that they get about $42 million a day as a, a budget. And, yeah, you know, you think, what have they really done? The moon landing was like 50 years ago. Yeah. What have they done? Can you they've name done. one thing they've done? Not really. No. I mean, they talk about the International Space Station, and obviously I've watched videos on that, and it just looks fake. And I've it's even said to people, fake. listen, there is no space station. Like, you, If you think there is, you need to do some of your own research because there is no space station. Yeah, I mean, I cover this a lot in the book. I, it's a lot of – what I cover in the book is a lot of the mind control behind how we are – believe we've believed all this stuff 
and how when people like what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to bring up some of the evidences to why we believe it. People are programmed to become vitriolic. Mm. So I just want you to take a deep breath if you're listening to my voice. And just open your mind, because Aristotle said the mark of an educated man is the ability to consider a matter without embracing it. Okay, so you don't have to be convinced, but you have to just you have to want to know the truth. So if what you believe is not true, would you want to know it? Hmm. You have integrity demands that you say yes to that. But in order question. to do that, you have, you've got to unfold your arms and just just take a moment and walk. Let me walk you down the path of how they've controlled our minds to believe these things. Okay, so first of all, a very simple one is the little picture of the monkey to the man. Remember that? We all saw yeah. it in school. Yeah, you got the monkey, right? And then he's a little bigger and now he's a man. Okay, well, yeah. do you believe that's true? Well, I don't. No, and most people don't. Um, and certainly if you're a Bible believer, you don't believe in evolution because you mm. have the Genesis account that you're created by God. Not, you know, we're not evolved from monkeys. If, if, if you believe so, so let's just assume for a moment that person listening doesn't believe that that's true. My question to you is, do you believe that the people at the very top that are propagating that picture still to this day into all the classrooms know that it's not true? Do you think they believe that? Or do you think they actually know it's not true? But they're putting it in there because they have an agenda to indoctrinate all the children to believe to not believe in God. Okay, I would say that a lot of people would agree they know it's not. The people at the top know that that little picture is not true, and yeah. the reason reason we know that is because we have examples of them us catching them lying, like Piltdown Man. Piltdown Man was the jaw of a monkey and a pig's nose. That's all they had to go on. Yeah. And out of that, they created this giant wax figure, looked like a Neanderthal, and they paraded that through all the museums for years until it was proven to be a fake. Okay, then you have the fake moon rock that was donated to this museum. It turned out to be uh, petrified wood. Yeah, so yeah. I listened right. to something on that today. Was it like a was it the Dutch Prime Minister who initially did, did something? Yeah. And it turned right. out to be, like you said, petrified wood. Right. So so there's two examples where uh, the NASA and, or the scientific community, I call it scientism, hmm. they lied. Okay, so they're capable of lying. Okay, so now now you're opening up to this idea that they could actually be lying. See, the problem with the evidence being presented to most people is they still trust NASA. And like you brought out, they trust Fauci. They trust the, the scientific community. The health people aren't, aren't, don't want to kill us. They're here to help us. No, no, it's a eugenics program. In fact, there's a, a Broward County in Florida just passed a law stating the vax is a bioweapon and it is now illegal for anyone to take it <laughs> wow. i'm so i'm like loving this man all right wow. all right so here's another one. Oh my. Do, you, do you believe that the the earth's core is molten they tell us it is but i'm like at the minute i'm sort of like i don't even know anymore with whatever well, they're telling us I mean, going off like, yeah, you look at volcanoes or whatever, and we're told that this is coming from the core of the earth. Yeah. We've been programmed to believe that. Right. So the deepest we've ever drilled is the Kola Deep Project in Russia. They drilled seven and a half miles. But what scientism tells us is that the earth's crust is 1,400, and then the, there's another 14. It's like 3,000 miles before you'd ever get to anything molten. Yeah. 3,000 miles. Okay, and we've only drilled seven and a half miles. So how, pray tell, do they know that the core is molten? Well, the answer is they don't. That's right. And you can prove it yourself. If you Google, how do we know the Earth's core is molten? And you know what the, the official dumb will tell you? We don't know. Hmm. Okay, but that's scientism. Scientism is, is uh, uh, premeditated lies, prepackaged, and present it to you like it's fact by people in Freemasons in white lab coats. Like, yeah. 
like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, the science guy mm. and the university professors. All right. So, so the, the, we don't know that the earth's core is molten. They'll tell you, we know it's molten because we measure the magnetic fields around the other planets. And if they have magnetic fields, that must mean that they have a molten core. And mm. so therefore the earth must have a molten core. Or they say there's P waves and S waves during an earthquake, primary and secondary. P waves can go through liquid, but S waves can't. So then the people on the other side of the planet measure the waves uh, when there's an earthquake over here. And they see the P waves, but they don't see the S waves. Therefore, the Earth's core must be molten. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe the S waves can't travel through hell. Maybe they're actually hell waves. Or maybe yeah. it's a solid thing that they can't that you don't know about. It's nonsense. Hmm. Okay, it's scientism. All right, here's another one. If you Google right now, picture of the Milky Way galaxy. Oh, you're going to get a picture of from NASA of a galaxy. Hmm. All right. So my question to you is, what are you looking at? And I'll just put you on the spot, Paul, because I do this all the time. Yeah. You can Google it on your phone as you're listening. Just go like this picture of nasa picture of milky way galaxy okay now that's all i'm gonna say i'm just gonna keep asking you the same question what is it you're looking at yeah i, I was asked this question yesterday actually someone okay. showed me the picture and i was like yeah that's the cgi because because what they were asking me where is when i was in afghanistan i'm ex uh, british armed forces i served in afghanistan and because obviously there's no light pollution there yeah, you can you can sort of uh, you can sort of see all the stars that we wouldn't normally see in cities and things like that. Um, and they showed me a picture of what's going to come up now when I look at this. And it was like, "Did you see that?" And I was like, "No, it didn't look like that." <laughs> yeah, so I've got it up, Milky Way Galaxy. All right, so what are you looking at? I, I mean, it's it it's like a. I mean, it's this one I'm looking at, they all look different. They're all different colors, but this one's like a swirling galaxy. You can see stars. the entire galaxy in the frame. Yeah. The whole galaxy yeah. space. Supposedly, out. yeah. All right, so then so then, if the Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across and 10,000 light years wide, how did they get the picture? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. It's, it's impossible. Right, because you would have to have a, a camera on a satellite at least, I don't know, 100,000 light years away. Yeah. Do we have that? No. Well, well, right. well the James Webb uh, telescope, when they showed us, I forget, was it the was it Andromeda Galaxy? Whatever it was, the picture they showed us, I said to my wife straight away, that is CGI. Yeah. You could just tell by looking at it. All right. Now, what, what they actually do is they actually – don't tell you this up front, but what you're what they tell you is, well, if you're looking for the Milky Way galaxy, we can't actually show that to you because we're in it. So here's yeah. a picture of a different galaxy. That's mm. what they're actually saying. But I did a live stream and I had a hundred people on my live stream, and these are all truthers. Mm. And I asked them that question just like that. And I didn't get I didn't put words in their mouth. And then finally, <clears throat> enough people. too right whoops yeah. yeah all right so what was astonishing are you still there because my screens just went blank yeah you you scream froze slightly i'm still here all right hold on uh 70 out of 100 paul admitted that that was the first time they had ever realized that the, the milky way galaxy picture was a cartoon they ne it never dawned on them no. So somehow they get, they get us to shut our minds up. Yeah, so like you were saying, John, 
people's closed their minds off and what do you say 70 out of 100 people admitted that eventually it was incredible i i couldn't believe it because these are truthers these are people that are in the truther movement and it never dawned on so somehow they've gotten us to stop questioning and and we've it's like our heads are encased in stone we're just zombified and we don't question anything it's like people that just do whatever their doctor says and stuff like that so anyway i wanted to make this point super important all those little examples, the monkey to the man, the Earth's core is molten, the picture of the galaxy, all led up to this one. The picture of the Earth from space is a composite of 12 strips of data. And then Robert Simmon of NASA admits that he added colors and clouds using CGI to the 12 strips of data to create the, quote, big blue marble. Yeah. So so when you ever try to broach the subject of, let's say, flat Earth, hmm. people freak out because they are they they think, well, we have pictures of the Earth from space. How could it be flat? It's yeah. a round ball. Well, you're basing your decision on fraudulent data. That yeah. picture is not a picture from space. No. We've never seen we've never. I've said it to people. We have never seen the Earth. We haven't no. seen the earth. We don't. And I was saying it yesterday to somebody that, like you've just said, these 12 strips of data. Yeah. And people, like, are freaked out by it as soon as you say. You can see this, like, what they don't know what to say back to you. Well, I think the biggest problem with that, with Flat Earth, is it's such a huge deception that a lot of people's pride really gets in their way because basically the thought comes up, well, if that's true, I'd have to be really stupid to have been fooled by yeah. that. And that yeah. rubs people the wrong way. So they just get very upset, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So just before we go, John, yeah. what what advice would you give to someone who's at the beginning of this truth of journey? Like you're you're a long way down it now, and so am I, but somebody who's just started to look at things and they realize. It's dawning on them now yeah. that not everything's what it seems. Well, it's a lot like, you know, what Jesus said. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. So you're not alone. Okay, you're going you're gonna to experience a lot of people freaking out on you and, and being very irrational, very disrespectful. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be very isolated. This is why I created Wake Up or Else. It's, a, it's an online Christian fellowship. We have different meetings. We have live streams. I'm doing debates. I'm doing a, a debate tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern with a guy. Uh, and so you have to find community. And But the book is a great resource for you to get the book, uh, The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. It's on Amazon, or you can get it through my website. And, and that will give you a lot of the tools of all these different anecdotes and and you know, tips and things on how to deal with what you've discovered because it's very destabilizing. When you find out you're in the Truman Show, it rocks your world. Yeah. But see, the problem is th- your spouse, your family, your friends, their world hasn't been rocked. And they no. cannot relate to what you're going through. They don't think anything you're talking about is real. No. They well, think you need medication. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, like our Lord's family, that when his brothers, his half-brothers came to lay hands on him because they said he was beha- beside himself. It's wow. the same thing. Wow, it's I forgot about thing. that. Yeah. Well, th- that thanks a lot, John. Um, wow. It's, it's been a, a great show. Yep. Um, I said, guys, John's book, go out there and get it. He's just told you you can get it on Amazon, The Conspiracy Theory Survival Guide. Yep. Um, John's channel on YouTube, Wake Up or Else. Yeah, and follow him on there. He's got plenty of videos on there. John's been researching this for years. Um, he's not just pulling these things out of thin air. Yeah. Um, so go and listen to John on his YouTube. It's been wonderful to have you on, John. Love to have you back. Um, so thank you for joining me tonight, guys. Just a quick one. Normally my videos um I'm, are normally uploaded now, 
Uh, like I said, we had some problems, me and John, last week. Well, it was my problem. I had no internet connection, so I do apologise for that. So this is going to be late going out to you guys. I do apologise for that. But thank you to all my regular listeners and welcome to all new listeners. I've been Paul. Thank you to John. And this is Beyond the Paradigm. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here.